You're listening to the Handmade CEO Podcast. My name is Kiana Jones, artist and founder of Happening Hands, a community that helps makers and creative business owners build thriving, profitable businesses. Every week on our podcast, we discover the steps and motivation that inspire our guests to create income from their skills. Get ready to start learning how to build that profitable handmade or creative business that you've always dreamed of. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Handmade CEO Podcast. I am so excited to welcome today's guests, Tim and Joey Capolo-Allen from Sleepy Hollow Handmade. Sleepy Hollow Handmade is an LGBTQ-owned business specializing in handcrafted vegan soaps and body care based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Tim and Joey love using fun, vibrant colors, funky designs, and fragrances that are anything but sleepy. So welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Absolutely. So can you tell me a little bit about how you got into making and selling vegan soap? Yeah, so I started soap making about three years ago after working at a uh, local major corporate soap business that we won't mention by name. Uh, But then after working there, it was kind of expensive to keep buying soaps without the amazing discount that I used to be able to take advantage of. Uh, And through that, got interested in watching soap making videos. And then through persistent watching of soap making videos, Joey kind of said like, hey, why don't you just like try making soap instead of just watching the videos? Uh, So I did. And then the pandemic hit a few months later. That was September 2019 when I first started. And then through the pandemic, I just kind of kept playing with soap, having fun with it, showing off my creations through my own personal social media, uh, and really started to develop a sense that there were people out there who not only enjoyed seeing what I was making, but were wanting to try it. Um, So again, early on in the pandemic, I did a few like giveaways just to friends, again, through my personal Instagram, uh, just to send soap, figure out what it was like to use the post office send soap to people and kind of started developing some of those, um, I guess, business habits. I don't know. Uh, But was still just having fun with it. Uh, And then kind of in the summer, I'm a school teacher. So I was off making even more soap. And Joey was just like, you know what, Tim, like, we don't have room for this anymore. Uh, Why don't you sell it? You know, there are people out there who want it. Yeah. You want to keep doing it. And so That was what led me to finally in July of 2020 apply for the business. Um, But it totally just grew out of a hobby otherwise, yeah. Nice. So how did you guys come up with the name for your brand? So there was no real process. I mean, again, when Joey was suggesting I start a business, I had like a million ideas, but no clear focus as to what the business was, right? It was just like soap and I'm going to sell it. So I didn't do a lot of that kind of suggestive work, starting out, figuring out who your ideal customer is, what your target audience is and all that. Um, and I was just like grasping at straws. You know, at one point it was like bearded soap co. Cause I have a beard. I was looking at beard in other languages. I was playing with Pittsburgh. I was playing with soap. Sure. And then somebody said like, well, you know, if you're not always necessarily just going to sell soap, Mm -hmm. don't focus on the soap, right? That could come or go, but other things might also be introduced. So you don't necessarily want to pigeonhole yourself into any one name. Uh, And then a friend was like, why don't you just go with like a street name or a pet's name? And we live on Sleepy Hollow Road. Sleepy Hollow Handmade kind of just rolled out of my mouth after that suggestion. And 
And I think we just kind of yeah. jump with it. Or, yeah, stuck with it, rather. Yeah. It's just, it made sense. Yeah, I love the name. It, it really does roll off the tongue. Yeah, and, like, part of me starting out was like, but Sleepy Hollow, like, that's, like, the legend of Sleepy Hollow. I don't want people to think we're, like, some spooky, you know, headless horseman business. But, yeah, I don't think people necessarily expect that um, association. And they just kind of, yeah, Sleepy Hollow handmade. Yeah, it works. nice. So what are a couple of things that you guys have learned over the years when it comes to starting a handmade business? I'd say first and foremost, like you just, it's probably going to be better if you have someone there to help you, right? Or someone who you can bounce your ideas off of. Yeah. I mean, starting out, I did do a lot of it myself because the soap has always been my thing. And Joey was kind of just there tangentially or by association. Mm -hmm. But as we've grown, definitely learning and it's something I'm still learning to rely on him more, whether it's, you know, for managing inventory, doing some of the behind the scenes stuff, or even helping to make stuff. You know, if you can find, you know, a friend, a partner, or, or someone even to bounce ideas off of, that's certainly going to help you go further than just doing it by yourself. Um, so that was certainly a big lesson I learned. I think, too, investing up front has been something maybe that I've regretted not having done, mm -hmm. right? Like, starting out, we bought, like, cheap IKEA shelves for our basement storage. Yeah, you drag your feet on, like, yeah, investing. Yeah, so, like, it. just, yeah. like, well, it's cheap, it's easy, let's do yeah. that now, was always kind of starting out how I felt. But ultimately, we've then now made that expensive choice. We've bought the better things or the things that have served us a little better, and you know, had we just done that from the beginning, we wouldn't be doubling up on purchases that we already made. And are yeah, now like planning up. a little bit better. So I think planning has been another thing that we've just developed. I mean, neither of us come from entrepreneurship or a, a business background. You know, I work in education, Joey's in corporate real estate, but so it's all just foreign to us. And, you know, we, we've learned a lot yeah. through trial and error, and we've also learned a lot through failure. So mm -hmm. I think those are probably two of our biggest lessons. Mm -hmm. Anything else? No. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, just yeah. like that pretty much covers it. Um, definitely like trying to think ahead as much as possible. I feel like is a big help. For sure. Having systems mm -hmm. in place and planning, knowing your important dates has always helped and kind of working towards things. But again, just things we've kind of developed through time and through experience. And like I said, through failure. Yeah, absolutely. So what has your experience been like with selling at shows in the local Pittsburgh area? Depends on the show, I guess. Um, yeah, I think that's another thing we've learned, we've learned a yeah. lot is which shows work best for us. Um, you know, we've had opportunities to participate in local neighborhood farmer markets. We've had flea opportunities, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Uh, and then some larger events at the convention center. So okay. I think... You know, for our business, we've learned that if it's a regular thing, like a farmer's market mm -hmm. where customers are going to get their groceries for the week or be stocking up on those things that they know are going to be there every week, soap isn't necessarily something that does as well, or we haven't done as well, rather, at that type of event. Yeah. But those more maker-focused events, uh, you know, flea markets, things where it's handmade focused. Yeah. Depends uh, on the neighborhood too. Yeah. But you know, the customers come through those things expecting to find, you know, the soaps, the candles, yeah. the whatever mm -hmm. you have that's handmade. And we definitely do better there. Uh, and it's really, 
like Joey said, kind of been trial and error too, finding out where our niche fits in with certain vendor events and what doesn't. Uh, and I'm sure you're familiar, you know, Pittsburgh, every holiday season has their handmade arcade, which is a local vendor event that happens at the convention center. It's a huge, I mean, it's the area's largest holiday handcrafted show. Uh, and that's definitely one that we participated in last year. And we're also looking forward to participating in again next year. Yeah. So I think that aspect of our, what I consider e-commerce business, the in-person stuff actually has served us really well because it also helps expose us to audiences that otherwise haven't found us yet. You know, there's different people online versus the in-person. So we've loved it. I think we have fun with both, both the in-person and the online mm -hmm. selling. It's just different mindsets for different tasks. You know, you gotta, mm -hmm. they're very different, um, but we enjoy both revenue streams. That's great. And um, I wanted to ask, so, I recently saw an Instagram post that you guys did where you were talking a little bit about your partnership with the Eco Soap Bank. And I'd love to know more about that. What is the Eco Soap Bank and how do you guys partner with them? They're an organization. They're I, they're based out of Pittsburgh, I think, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're an organization based out of Pittsburgh that takes like leftover soap shavings, um, I think, not even just shavings, just like any leftover soap. Yeah, soap um, shavings, soap scraps, leftovers. And they uh, they package it up and send it over to developing nations um, where like they have less access to soap. Um, so obviously Tim um, has a lot of extra soap uh, from this business, um, like shavings, like from trimming, um, the ends. Um, so yeah, I think it was like a, a cool partnership that allowed us to like give back and um, yeah. And yeah, I, I think I know I'm going to just throw this lot. I think one, and it's one of our values as a business too, is sustainability, right? Yeah. So like, we're always considering the ways in which we can have less impact through mm -hmm. our practices. Yeah. You know, Amazon coming to our house five days a week is not necessarily the most sustainable. Mm -hmm. So there are certain aspects of running a business which don't allow us to uh, minimize our footprint. But then in certain ways, we certainly do like to do that. So like Joey mentioned, uh, you know, I have a lot of leftover scraps and pieces, ugly batches that I'm not ready or comfortable selling that otherwise um, would have been wasted. And starting out in our business, I reused those in ways that I could, you know, I would rebatch bits and pieces into new designs of soap. And that allowed me to utilize some of it. Yeah. But we still just had kind of this growing pile of soap sitting around, or I was throwing away the trimmings. Um, and so through this partnership with Eco Soap Bank, we've been able to mm. no longer send any of our refuse from the business, or, or I guess our leftover uh, from the business, send it to the landfill, and instead we are cycling it back in. And like Joey said, they take anything and everything as far as it goes from soap. They'll package it up, ship it off to South Africa, and then some parts of South Asia as well, a couple of different countries. And then women in those communities are employed to actually mm -hmm. process, recycle, uh, clean, and rebatch soap. Uh, and it comes from small scale businesses, much like us. And then there are also some larger scale businesses who also participate. 
Wow. So we constantly just dump things into a bin. Once it's mm -hmm. full, we, you know, because we're in Pittsburgh, we're actually able to drop ours off with Samir, the owner. But most soap makers will mm -hmm. ship theirs back in a small box to the facility in Pittsburgh. And from there, it's processed. Um, but like Joey said, too, it provides hygiene to communities that otherwise wouldn't necessarily have that access. It's low cost hygiene because it's recycled. It's stuff that otherwise was going to go to garbage. And then also it's providing jobs and other opportunities for women in those communities. So it's kind of a three pronged approach that they have that allows us to, like I initially said, minimize our waste, minimize our impact in a meaningful way and not just reusing it for ourselves, but allowing it to be used and, and taken advantage of by other people. So we feel really fortunate to have partnered yeah. with them. We've, we've found that a lot of our followers and, and, maker friends, soap maker friends have also partnered with Eco Soap Bank too. So it's also been cool to see their growth just through the spreading of word of mouth, you know? So if anyone's listening today, that's a handmade soap maker, definitely check out uh, Eco Soap Bank's website, learn a little bit more and maybe consider signing up with them or reaching out for more information. Um, it's a cool, a cool nonprofit and we're happy to have that partnership with them. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that you guys are able to incorporate that into your business because it's, you know, sure. it's taking some of the day to day, like, you know, you don't feel as bad about just throwing this, this soap yeah. in the trash. It's actually going to help people somewhere else on the planet. And that's just, that's really awesome. So what are some of the top values that you hold when it comes to your brand and how you're sharing your products with the world? Yeah, so we, I mean, we have four core values that we focus on, sustainability being one of them, inclusivity, kindness, and then our final one is quality. Quality in that we use, you know, the best ingredients that we can find and source to create product that we stand behind and, and feel is high quality. You know, we're not just slapping something together with no thought, but there is intention behind all of our soaps, there's planning, and we really wanna put forth a good product and make sure that it represents us well and that also our customers get enjoyment out of it. So I think quality is an important one, but definitely sustainability and then the inclusivity, I would say was probably another sure. important one for us. And not, I mean, not that it's a value of ours, but I'd say being vegan um, is a big part of it too. Um, for sure. I mean, we always, all of our signage, all of everything yeah. signifies us as a vegan business. You know, myself and Joey, we are not vegans, but we do feel there's merit to creating products that can be utilized by everyone, by everyone or as many people as we can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, we could make soap with lard or with tallow and, and that would be fine. Mm -hmm. And there are people who do that and, and nothing against that. Uh, but for, for me and us, you know, one, we don't actually want to use soap made from animal products. So mm -hmm. that's part of it. But then the other part is, you know, we're creating these beautiful products. We want people to use them and we don't want there to be a barrier to that. Yeah. Right. So I think sure. being able to say like, we only use vegetable based ingredients in all of our formulations mm -hmm. allows just another portion of the population to be able to take advantage of our business and enjoy, you know, the things that we're making for them. And then two, I mean, inclusivity definitely wraps into just making sure everyone's included. Yep. You know, having grown up queer, we we certainly know what it's like to be excluded in certain situations. Yeah. Uh, and and nobody wants to be in a situation where they're excluded. So we just want yeah 
you know, all to feel like they're welcome to engage with us, to take advantage of our products and, and, and to benefit from what we're doing. Yeah. Thank you. For today's episode, we're highlighting one of our amazing partners, Inventora. Inventora is a free inventory management software for product-based businesses that was created by makers for makers. What started as a system built to help one person in their business has now developed into being used by thousands. Inventora is now an all-in-one system for makers and manufacturers. They help streamline the process of managing raw materials through production and fulfillment for your business. If you're looking for a better way to manage your inventory, definitely check these guys out. Okay, back to the show. So from the creative aspect, um, you know, I love seeing your videos on Instagram and all of the beautiful soap designs that you guys come up with. Uh, How, how do you come up with those designs and kind of what is the creative process like, um, not just from the like soap making, like the, the, the very technical side of things, but like the creative colorful side of things. Like I'd love to hear kind of how those go hand in hand. I mean, we both definitely love color and design a lot. Um, I think, I mean, each season and sorry to interrupt. No, each season definitely starts with me doing a lot of the planning. I mean, again, it is a partnership, but since I'm the one making the soaps, I kind of decide like, this is what I want to make. This is what I want to do. And you know how, like what you can do and what, right. And so, yeah, I generally know like what sense I might want to be working with. I know what I'm going to want to do as far as the designs. Yeah. But we are always at least six weeks out making, which means I'm another potentially four to six weeks out for planning. So I think the first day of my summer break this year, I planned all of fall through Thanksgiving and then also all holiday. So come like June 5th or something, I knew what I was going to be doing for the rest of 2022. Um, Generally, I start with, what sense do I want to introduce or what do I want to bring back that I knew from previous years our customers enjoyed? Uh, I will revisit old designs and decide, you know, is it one I want to keep because we loved it or is it something I just want to, you know, play with and do something different this time around? So that's some of the decision making. Then when it comes to other scents, totally just inspired by the season, I'd say. I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like you always start with scents usually. Yeah, I'm not um, making fruity scents for Christmas. You know, yeah. Christmas for me is cinnamon, it's mint, it's warm fragrances versus in the springtime, we did our fruity lineup. So there were like eight different yeah. fruit soaps. And then once I decide on the scents, from there, usually the color is just a natural progression. You know, lemon isn't green, lemon isn't blue, it's yellow. Uh, and then it's what designs do I want to play with or what's going to look good with yeah. another soap. Um, and then when it comes to Joey's end of designing things, it yeah. kind of just goes with what? Usually like, we try to pair, like, I feel like we try to, um, like if you make something vanilla, maybe I'll try to make something vanilla or like with our steamers, um, like we have a, a soap that is what? Citrus scented. We have a citrus scented steamer. Yeah. So we'll do a so, lot of like partner products. Yeah. Like, or like pairings. Yeah. Like that go in hand in hand. Part so. of that is that, you know, soap is really giftable and yeah. it benefits us to have, you know, if there's a soap that's citrus, well, this also smells like it. So it's sometimes a selfish, you know, planning part is to say, well, if we sell this really well, 
this might go well with it and our customers might love it. So that's also part of the planning. I'd say to, you know, do soaps come first and then Joey's, we kind of just, yeah, look at it from maybe an upper view and say like, okay, well, if this is what all we're doing, you know, what can we introduce to complement? And that's really, I'd say the design process though, I'd say. Yeah. Seasons, then scents, then colors. And you watch a lot. I feel like you stay on top of like the other trends. design. Yeah, I guess sure. trends, but yeah, other like <laughs> what other show makers are doing or like sure. what you think you could like put your own twist on. Um, yeah. Yeah. Recently I made for Christmas a soap uh, design that I had not I tried one once a year ago and I failed miserably at it and it didn't go well. And I was like, I will never do this again. But then like seeing other people make it, I felt like, okay, well, like maybe I can try this. And yeah. And you felt confident enough yeah. to just tackle it. So sometimes it's, <laughs> I really want to try this new technique. Here's the soap I'm going to do it on, you know? Thank you guys. What are your top three favorite books or resources in general? on business or creativity i appreciate the reframing reframing of that question because i'm not a reader that's okay you um, did start with one book um i don't know how much you took away from it um i don't i, I don't remember not. what that book was <laughs> so i didn't take much from it um youtube a lot no definitely for the soap making end, yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff comes through youtube yeah okay i'm a big podcast listener though mm -hmm. so for me Generally, my work, my drive home from work is spent listening to any number of, I'd say, four to five business podcasts, including this one now. Yeah. Um, but really just utilizing the expertise of other, you know, I find it to be more digestible to listen to someone else talk than to try and sit there and, and read it to myself and teach it to myself. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not an expert in these fields. I'm not going to learn just from reading sentences that someone wrote. Sure. I really need to hear, you know, the advice of the professional or the conversation between a maker and a professional to kind of parse through everything, figure things out, um, and just kind of learn what works best. And then on the social media end of things, there are certainly a few social media experts, you know, that I follow as well and kind of adhere to their advice, um, and it's hard, you know, there's a lot to work through as far as what is valuable, what yeah. is worth listening to. And then, and then the people out there who are just there to make a quick buck and, and think they know what's best and not necessarily giving the best advice. But when you find the right people on Instagram, you can certainly benefit from that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So finally, do you guys have any special offers for our listeners? Yeah. So first time purchasers with us can definitely use the code handmade CEO on their next or rather first purchase uh, to earn 15% off. We'd love to have people coming through to check us out. Uh, yes, please. I know this is coming up in the next couple of weeks. So your listeners can certainly have our upcoming winter launches to look forward to if they're listening in September, October of 2022. And then, you know, otherwise, nice. if you're listening and it's years from now, I'm sure we have something really exciting coming up soon that we're talking about over on Instagram. So check us out on, yeah, there's over there. Nice. And it's sleepyhollowhandmade.com. 
Yes, ma'am. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, sleepyhollowhandmade.com. Like I said, handmade CEO will get listeners 15% off their first purchase. Perfect. Us. And I'll make sure to add that to the show notes so our listeners can also find that um, coupon code on our website. So thank you guys awesome. for being a guest on the show and good luck with your upcoming launches. Thanks, Kiana. Thank you. Definitely appreciate it. Thanks yeah. for having us. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for tuning into the Handmade CEO Podcast. Check out the show notes to get a closer look at our guest today and our special offers. Most importantly, check out and join our membership for makers, Happening Hands, where we feature courses, workshops, monthly coaching, and more for makers and creative business owners who are ready to bring their businesses to the next level. You can do this by going to www.happeninghands.com. See you next time. And until then, don't forget that no dream is too big to turn into your dream job.